What'd you get? Just, uh, just a burger? Burger and, um, geez, and tomato and lettuce. They have good, uh, they said they had really good salads over there. Yeah. I, I don't know if I can trust salads at a convention, though. That's. It's an award winning concession stand. Yeah, it's an award winning concession stand. That's what they say. The, um, the food quality for this concession is much higher than most. I don't think I've actually had better than there. Honestly, it's cheaper. I mean, two bucks for coffee versus five yes, or yeah. whatever. No, that's... Uh, I was at Long Beach, as you know, and the, the food there was crazy. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Long Beach, uh, they charge $6 for a slice of pizza. It's insane. I was so hungry and I just couldn't pay it. Come closer so they can hear you on the microphone. Okay. Well, I'm just take three more bites and then... We can, we can talk about ugly food at trade shows. I've never had good food. When I went to Portland, they charged $14, I think it was, for a hot dog, french fries, and a Coke. 14 bucks. Yeah, calculator. And the hot dog was terrible. You have a calculator? I'm going to try to figure out something that I missed. I have to take care of two more dealers. I'm, I'm, I'm really behind schedule. <laughs> oh, look that. I still have my Arapex 2016 name badge. But I do... Uh, I don't think I've ever met you before this weekend, so... Oh, really? I, I apologize. Don, this is Bill. Bill, this is Don. You were at Orco, weren't you? Yeah, I was, but I just, I think I spoke to you, but not, we, we, like, I was traveling back, but I really never got to really. You're a busy, busy guy. I think yes. I showed you pictures, but that was it. Yeah, exactly. But I just never sat down. It was my fault, again, you know. And I learned some valuable lessons this weekend, so. I did. Even at, my, even at an old age, I could still learn. Amazing. Oh, wow. That's a good thing, actually. Brought us all closer. I thought that was really good. And you know my status in the business. And I, and I you know, I'm not, I'm not an ego. I mean, you know that I'm No, what is I'm your a, status in the business? I'm a small-time dealer. No, you are beginner. one of the largest internet dealers in the world. Shh, don't tell Ray. Dealer. No. <laughs> oh, you got... Hey, come on! You got more stock than next ten of us put together. Stop! I don't. Yeah, but do I want it really, or do I just? No, you don't. No, but if you're if if you're trying to if you're trying to promote yourself, you know, you want people to know you. Yeah, that's true. A little bit of everything, and a lot of all things. You know, actually, you and Glenn, you very quietly built up a tremendous business, and you do, and nobody knows, but you, you know, know I'm saying it's very quietly. Tell the microphone who you are. Oh, only but I'm, this is not being recorded. We're saying. Tell right? the microphone who you are. Only if you. Tell I am going. I am going to tell everybody oh, that thanks, you are the. You. I am that. going to tell everybody that you are one of the largest Stop. eBay sellers because you are. Don't don't. I don't want that. Find somebody who's bigger. Um, well, I weigh more than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to do a countdown? Yeah. Okay, I'll do a countdown. Five, four, three, two, one.
Hi, I'm Kevin Les, show chairman of Arapex 2017, and you are listening to Stamp Show here today. Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Oh. This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales. Rufus, what are you thinking of? Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps. Oh, like stamp collecting. Now, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that. Yes, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so terribly lonely. All right, Homer. You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. From Spain and two from Japan I got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan I got a plenty from Poland but none from Sudan Or from Fiji or Uzbekistan Stamp collecting happens when we dream together This week we have moved our equipment to the Arapex 2017 Stamp Show With our hidden microphones we will be listening in on the local wild philatelists in their natural surroundings Let's see what they have to say. What did you get? Hash brown? It sounded so bizarre, and I thought, for $2, I have to try this. <laughs> oh, oh, it doesn't stuff. have meat in it or something? Yeah, it's oh. cheese and meat. You know, we do have a pretty good salad, or you. Their salad here is really good. Yeah. So. That chicken salad. Yeah. Let's, let's see what it is. We're good. So come to Arapex for the hash brown thingy. So hash brown. <laughs> Do log in or how does, how does it work? Just start talking anytime. I'll let you do the questioning. Okay, well, why don't you uh, tell people who you are? I'm Kevin Les, show chairman of Arapex 2017. We're here live at the Mesa Convention Center with Cash Griffiths from <laughs> Professional Stamp Experts who can authenticate your stamps for you. Yes, I can. And but how, better and than Cash, that. Cash, how long have you been doing this? I've, <laughs> I've been... Uh, I'm interviewing you, right? Uh, yeah, that's what okay. it sounds like. I've been doing it for a very, very long time, unfortunately. Okay. So. And what makes you an ex? What makes one an expert in stamps? Stamp collecting and or expertizing? Is here's, there a certification process? Here's my opinion. You are an expert with a small e when you consider yourself an expert. Okay. You're an expert with a capital E when other people consider you an expert. I understand. Neither one has anything to do with how much knowledge you actually have. Okay. So what do you collect? Um, I collect Canada and British North America stamps. That's what I currently collect. I've collected many different areas of stamps and I've dealt in many different areas of stamps following trends in the market as they emerge. Um, currently, I understand the Asia market is very hot, not just in stamp collecting, but also in all areas of collectible items, whether it be antiques, collectibles, art. Uh, there's a big demand uh, in the marketplace. Then why are you collecting Canada? Uh, because my family heritage, <laughs> very good question. My family heritage is from Canada. Oh, where from? My gran- uh, 
grandparents lived in Edmonton, Alberta. Okay. And my grandmother lived in the metropolis of Medicine Hat, Alberta. Center, um, center Canada. Yes. And my father, um, when he was young, would purchase stamps at, I believe, at the post office um, and possibly a local stamp store because he had some early Israeli stamps mm -hmm. that I don't think they sold at the Canadian post no, office. No, I don't think so either. Uh, and so he, at a young age... Uh, I have two older brothers and an older sister. Um, my older brother and I were introduced to stamps um, when my father gave us an assortment of loose stamps and let us choose which ones we wanted. Because I was the younger um, brother, I had second choice. Mm -hmm. My older brother liked stamps, sports stamps, and he really loved stamps with animals on them. So he happened to pick out that. I was intrigued by the old stamps with their kind of intricate designs. To me, they looked more interesting. So the ones I picked out were, uh, I en ended up finding out that they were basically engraved stamps uh, and they didn't have perforations. My brother's stamps had perforations all the way around the stamp and I gravitated to the ones, just the design, that they didn't have perforations around the stamp. So you've wound up with Canada number one and two and he wound up with the 1950s Christmas issue. Basically, <laughs> well I did have, I did get, I did have a penny black, a used copy. Oh, that's good. Uh, it was black with Queen Victoria, really nicely engraved copy. Um, it ended up being a Norway number one, a blue stamp. I love it. It had a lion on it. Yeah. Um, what was interesting about my father's stamps is they weren't just average copies. They ended up being very large four margin copies with interesting cancellations. So all the cla uh, the stamps that I picked out ended up being termed more classic type stamps. Right. right. Uh, and my brother's stamps that he picked out. Uh, ended up being labeled more like wallpaper stamps. Uh, they were pretty. Um, and what I discovered uh, going forward in time is that a lot of people, when they inherit their stamp collection, um, as far as value goes, if they continue collecting, the, the items that they inherit, they didn't have to pay for them. So they don't really know what they're worth. But when they've purchased something, they know what they paid. So if you've purchased something more recently and you go to sell it, you have an expectation based on what you paid. Mm -hmm. When you inherit something and you have no idea what someone paid, you don't have the same expectation because you don't really know what they're worth. That's a really good point. I like that. Um, and so the, the Arapex show, um, we're a 501c3 nonprofit. Our purpose is to encourage the hobby of stamp collecting. Of course. Um, and it's getting harder and harder in today's technolo technological world to do that because there are more diversions uh, for kids. Um, in fact, there are more diversions for adults. I've noticed when I dine out, and I dine out, dine out quite a bit, and it can be a casual restaurant or it can be a very nice restaurant, everyone is on their cell phone usually ignoring the waiter or the, <laughs> to order. Um, and I find that troubling. I like to converse with someone when I'm dining. So my cell phone is usually in my pocket ringing and I don't even notice it ringing. It probably has rung once or twice while I've been <laughs> speaking with you. I figure it can wait. Nothing yeah. is that important where it can't wait. And yet uh, what I see now in society is more people are just too dependent on that noise where you have a message and they don't know what it is and they have to look at it 
only to find it's another one of those retailers telling them about the latest web sale at a store. Something. I agree with you. What I found from feedback from our listeners and other people you know, who don't listen but right. share on Facebook and stuff like that, stamp, they play with their stamps and shut everything else out. Right. That's, it's, it's really yeah. a way to get away from all that stuff. Right. Actually, that's true. And um, I used to be an avid hiker. I think probably before the uh, real advent of cell phones. I've given it up and I'm going to get back into it. And I'm going to find it curious to see if people are hiking and looking at their phones. My guess is they will be. <laughs> um, a trend right now, uh, uh, I had a dog that was put down a couple of weeks ago, but I used to walk them daily. And I noticed a lot of the people walking their dogs in my neighborhood would be on their phone. And they had no idea what their dog was doing <laughs> until they got home and looked at the bottom of their shoe. So it really, uh, the diversion of hiking, I wasn't really thinking about anything in particular, but I was taking in where I was stepping, where I was climbing, mm-hmm. looking at the natural surroundings, avoid stepping on the coral snake that went yeah. by. In the same manner that when I'm playing with my stamps, I'm not worrying about the breaking news on CNN. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at my phone to see who has you know, a flash sale for the next hour for something I don't need or don't really care about. Um, it clears my mind and I enjoy it. It's something that's relaxing yes. to do. It's educational um, and uh, you learn a lot by doing it. A lot about history, geography, um, in the course of promoting stamp collecting at a stamp show, you then learn a lot of skills that there's a lot of skills I picked up that I didn't have prior to volunteering. This is an all volunteer position. All of our volunteers, myself included, earn exactly the same amount, <laughs> zero. Yes. Um, and yet I have most of the responsibility yeah. uh, to make sure everything is paid for, everything is coordinated. Um, and it deals, you end up dealing with hotels, negotiating rates, you deal with convention centers, you deal with uh, a myriad of, of individuals getting your exhibit set up, your table set up, the dealers organized, the advertising, uh, and this is a really good skill set that you could use with any company. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I'm actually, I'm not very technologically uh, advanced, and yet I am the webmaster uh, <laughs> of our website, which has been a challenge, and I mm-hmm. do it by trial and error. Actually, uh, it's pretty good. It, it has everything <laughs> in it. Uh, it loads quickly. Yeah. You're doing a good job. Yeah, it, You'll notice some of the photos for our awards are missing because I haven't figured out how to get the picture that's in media to appear on the screen. Uh, I understand someone who ran the, the, the uh, website before me has done something that's preventing me from doing it. I, I'm not sure. I'll get it taken care of. Uh, it's, a, it's a learning process. Um, <clears throat> and it's interesting uh, with regards to uh, the exhibitors at our show this year. We have 248 exhibits, yep. which is our capacity in our current space. Um, I find what I find intriguing are not as the exhibits can be fascinating, like our eight frame Grand Prix w- winner by Gordon Eubanks who won in the New York World Show back in August of 2006, uh, 2000, 
16? 16, yeah. Um, that's on display, which has a fascinating uh, display of early U.S. stamps and multiples that has a tremendous market value. I find the individual exhibitor behind the exhibit is what I find intriguing. Um, we had our, our awards banquet last night, uh, which we had a pretty good pickup of 60 people, which mm -hmm. for us is a good good uh, uh, showing for the uh, awards banquet. It's interesting to see, I, I know some of the in exhibitors uh, that collect stamps and exhibit them as a pastime come from various backgrounds. We had uh, several silicon.com startups yes. that are very wealthy, and you would never know it by the way they dress. Nope. Um, and that's what I find intriguing. Um, some people who are well off flash it. Some people don't. The crowd we have don't flash it. I was, without with being modest, I was probably the best dressed person at the show. And I'm wearing a 10-year-old suit I, I wear to weddings and funerals. Um, uh, we had the, the very wealthy individuals that exhibit accepting their awards and they're wearing tennis shoes. Probably yep. for a medical reason, I'm not sure. No, because they don't um, give a crap anymore. They don't care. Once you hit care. a certain amount, it's like, who cares? <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them, they're interesting. They're not necessarily what you would think. Uh, a lot of them are very down to earth. Mm -hmm. um, and I can understand the perspective of someone like that. It's hard to know who's really a friend and who's not. Um, <laughs> do they like you because of what you have, or do they like you for you? Well, speaking on behalf of quite a few of them, all of them that I've met, you know, at a certain point, they they just enjoy the hobby. They enjoy visiting. So uh, let's see. Um, anything else you want to plug next year's show? I always love to plug our show. Uh, it's always held, at least I've booked it for five years forward, the third week of February, held at the Mesa Convention Center. Um, the light rail opened up last year within a two-block walk of our venue. Mm. It connects to the Phoenix Marriott Mesa Hotel, uh, which makes it convenient for a nice hotel to stay at. Um, we are doing in 2019, uh, we were granted a joint show with the American Philatelic Society, oh, which will encompass the entire uh, convention center and the entire hotel. Um, so there'll be a lot more dealers and wow. a lot more exhibits Impressive. Uh, to choose from. Um, our show uh, does charge admission, which we we basically parlay back into things for the people that attend our show. Um, we had a first day ceremony yesterday with the United States Postal Service. The ugly hat stamp. For the ugly Uncle Sam's hat <laughs> stamp. Uh, we had free cake. That yes, that was our good. Our organization provided. <laughs> that was we good. paid for the cake, and uh, people enjoyed the cake after the ceremony. Um, the cake is not a lie. It, it was good. It was good. That's a um, reference for computer people. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but uh, it was uh, it was actually uh, a lot of fun. Um, it is the second most highly attended first day ceremony I've ever seen. Is it? The first one well, was for the Special Olympics in right. Irvine, which was you know Special Olympics. Right. For just a definitive stamps for an ex extra half ounce rate, you right. had a huge 
huge turnout. I mean, I walked in and I was shocked. Which is is interesting because I was afraid the venue we had to pick a larger room. Uh, so you had to walk down a long, two long hallways <laughs> yes. to get to the venue. We couldn't and I, find and, it. And I thought yeah. people wouldn't show up, and I did show up to a full room. Of course, I think about half the people we paid to be there. Oh. No, I made that part up. They weren't paid. But I think they heard there would be cake served That's afterwards. It. They said there's going to be cake. I'm going to find this place. They knew there would place. be cake. And we always try to promote the, the organization that provided our, the cake uh, is a local high school um, that uh, has a culinary paste and pastry arts program. Give them a so, plug because that, that cake was it's, excellent. It's EVIT, E-V-I-T. It's a technology school located about 10 miles from the convention center. Uh, so I like, and they're... I think they're non-profit. Um, I'm not positive. They were happy to produce the cake. I wanted them to tie into our show theme of uh, uh, celebrating ethnic di- diversity in today's uh, climate on the news. Uh, there's a lot of negative, uh, a lot of negativity in the news, and I wanted to pick something that Our celebrated negativity it. is only directed. At U.S. postage stamp design. Okay, the design <laughs> and the quantity of them and the quantity of them, because uh, it is uh, at forty-nine cents. Our, our rate went back up for a one-ounce stamp on yeah. January twenty-second to forty-nine cents. It's hard for a young person to collect even a single stamp of each issue, but you don't have to collect new issues. Uh, you could uh, collect older stamps. In or fact. collect used. Right, and and, and uh, I noticed um, the first eight frames I mentioned at our exhibit this year, um, those stamps transcend being a collectible. Uh, they become, what's the word? Um, they become commodities. Stamps become commodities, and they're very, they're a very popular commodity when they're very rare. The reason being, uh, in times where you may have to move quickly, uh, if you were living in Syria or Iraq and you needed to leave, and you had to take wealth with you, yeah. stamps are very light. Yep. A pile of valuable stamps don't weigh very much. Yeah. They're easy to transport. Try doing that with a Monet painting (laughs) or a fancy sports car. It may look great in your garage, but if you have to go somewhere fast, someone is going to notice you in that car. Collectible pottery. Yeah, Yeah. small, yeah, pottery. It's breakable. (laughs) Um, So it's still, it's probably one of the best um, type of those items to own. And that it's portable. And that's why a lot of people with money tend to get into it. Uh, for that reason, and the fun and relaxation of it, but Absolutely. that's also, I think that's also what keeps the hobby alive. Yes, is that aspect of it. Well, thank you very much. Okay. That was excellent. Thank, thank you for having me. It's my first pod podcast, and I look forward to another one soon. Good. You'll you'll see me here next year. Great. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Oh well, the the cake all came from the. Uh, First, First day ceremony. Yep. You they did a good, it's actually a very good cake. Yeah. There's nothing actually wrong. Although the icing is relatively sweet. They really went sweet on it. Oh, the, the blue one with the uh, UN yes, on yes, top. Yes, that yes, was yes. just the killer, killer sugar bars. <laughs> were, were you at this first day ceremony? No, because uh, this is my job here. <laughs> okay, so somebody has to be here. Well, that's going on. That's so true. That's I true. donated myself to be able to be here. 
and take care of this for three or four days, whatever is necessary. I was supposed to be off yesterday. Why don't you tell people who you are? Okay, my name is Bill Wojtowicz. I am a member of the uh, Mesa and uh, Phoenix clubs. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's our clubs that really put on this particular show. And at one time, I used to be the assistant chairman for these shows. But I resigned about three years ago, and I just wanted to be what was called a troubleshooter. Wherever you need somebody, that's where I will help out at. And uh, Well, this is more than troubleshooting. I wanted to talk to you specifically mm -hmm. because I think that what you're doing right now is really important for the hobby and important for the community. So why don't you tell people what you're doing here? Well, one of the things that I that we're really doing here is when people bring in usually accumulations that they inherited from somebody in their family. I'm using the word accumulation <laughs> because the vast majority are not collections. Collections are the types of things we have on exhibit here at the show. They will bring in an egg carton. They will bring in little metal boxes. They will bring in whatever the stamps have been put in. And thinking because it was from their grandfather or their dad or something who has now passed away and he died when he was in his 80s. It's all old stuff. And it is going to be able to put the kids through college. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, if it's a really super cheap college, like free. Free, absolutely. And it's old if you mm. define old that way. That's right. I'm old. I'm going to be 75. Yeah. My wife wants to get rid of me. Okay? I'm not worth anything. <laughs> so they think just because things are getting old, okay, they're going to be worth a lot of money. So I have to, first of all, be willing to tell them what they really have. And then to suggest what they're going to be able to do with it. They're either going to want to keep it for memento purposes. They may want to pass it down now to the other grandchildren. They may, want to, they, wait, may, they may <laughs> want to give it to our youth department. Yeah. Because most of it isn't really worth anything, or it's not worth what dealers are willing to pay for, because it doesn't have the so-called pedigree that they like to sell. And that sometimes is hard to tell them. Mm -hmm. But when they do have some things that are worthwhile, okay, I know the 47 dealers that are here, and I will recommend different dealers to them. I says, well, this particular dealer, for example, handles Germany and a lot of the stuff you do have is from Germany so he may be willing you know to buy that but don't go to the first dealer out here who sells US stamps because he's not going to be interested in your Germany so I try to put a situation where they don't have to waste time mm -hmm. now I do the same thing with senior centers in the area I talk to adults because a lot of them will come and tell me because I'm both in the I'm the vice president of the Mesa Coin Club Association. Oh, excellent. Okay, so a lot of them will come to me with coins mm -hmm. and they also come with currency that they picked up old silver certificates and stuff like that. And they want to know what to do or who is fair, who could they go to to sell these things? Because to be honest with you, we are in Arizona where there are 25% of the population is senior citizen. And they are victims of all kinds of shams. 
Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons I want to talk to you because it is really, really easy to get ripped off with the stamp collection if you don't know what you have. Absolutely, or a coin collection. Or a coin collection. That's correct. And that's what I try to educate them, to at least give them some knowledge so they're not going to get ripped off. Yeah. We had uh, two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, three podcasts ago, mm-hmm. we were talking about the gold for sale on the corners. Oh, yes. And a person went in mm-hmm. uh, who is a coin collector because we went into our undercover investigation. I have done that before with other organizations. Oh, what did, what did they offer you? What percentage? Well, I didn't do this particular oh, one. Right. But, for example, one of the ones that I did in, Scotts, in Scottsdale and Mesa and Phoenix when I moved here. Yeah. And one of the clubs said, let's do an undercover investigation. And what we were doing... We didn't go to coin shops or anything. No, no, no. We went to these They're jewelry fair. shops or the places that are advertising in the paper. Yes. Bring us your coins. Bring us your silver yeah. and stuff. They were offering anywhere from 50 to 25%. We found 30% to yeah. 33%. That is correct. 25 to yeah. 50 You cut that in half. It's yeah. going to be about that. And these were... Uh, yes. $20 gold pieces. Absolutely. These were things that had no risk to them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing was uh, they went to one... And they said, oh, these are fake. Yes. And it's yep. like, okay, so now you're buying a fake coin for $10. It's actually a $20 gold, gold piece. It's worth more... over $900 exactly, or 1000 depending thousand. on what gold was at that particular right, period. Exactly. Oh, yes, we found that all over. And I used that to present a program at one of the senior centers mm. to show them, don't go to these jewelry. Don't go to the Holiday Inn where they have come. Yeah. You know, these guys have spent a great deal of money, and they plan to make a big profit. Yep. And they're going to give you the least amount that they could possibly get away with. Yeah. So that's what coin, I do. I'm coin an educator. Dealers, coin dealers still make money. But yes. if, if if gold is at $1,200, mm-hmm. they'll give you 1050 That's correct. They, they'll, they'll take like an 8% or a 10%, but they're not going to take 70%. No, that's the reason why I tell them. But, of course... That the newspapers, the telephone books don't sort of like exist <laughs> like they used to. Yeah, yeah. So they can't go and look under coin dealers yeah. and find them. So I will point out, because for example, in the Scottsdale area, there are four of them. Of which two of them advertise. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them don't. So I try to let them know, these are the four. And I'll give them a card or something with their addresses on. These will give you pretty close to their market value. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, yesterday, I had five or six people who were also had coin collections. Mm-hmm. And when they found out that I'm wearing, for example, <laughs> the Mesa coin shirt, not a stamp yeah. shirt, they wanted to know about coins they have. So not only did I do stamps yesterday, I did coins and currency. I think that from the dealers who travel around, mm-hmm. I think all of them have encountered people who collect both stamps and coins. Absolutely. It's very, very common. We're cross-dressers. Exactly. <laughs> it's very easy to move from one to the other. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Because there's a historical significance between the two. Yes. Uh, I was one of the very first in the world of stamp collecting to introduce what is known as display material. Display material in the stamp collecting world means you have additional things outside of the stamp world to add color to the exhibit and to add more historical value. 
and I did the story of the, the Civil War. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the Civil War, of course, it had the stamps of the period, the patriotic covers and everything else. But that was the period where stamps became used as money because metal was all being used for weapons and things of that nature. So I showed the coins of the period of time, the first notes, because we never had government notes at that time. Each state had issued their own money. So the federal notes came out. And that was because there were no gold coins, there were no silver coins, everything was going, the government was confiscating them, having you turn it in, because they needed to buy weapons from Great Britain and right. stuff like that. And they wouldn't take care of currency. That's correct. So what I did is I did an exhibit on all of that, which basically broke all the rules of stamp collecting. <laughs> yeah. Because you're showing coins, that's a competition. <laughs> But it ends up winning several grand awards, and it became one of the most popular exhibits in the United States from 2002 to 2007. I sold it in 2007, and it introduced the fact that there's nothing wrong combining the two. And not only did I didn't care if I won medals for that. They won, in many shows, the most popular award. Mm -hmm. It was what people, they learned something. Yeah. They didn't learn about little perforations around the stamp. They didn't learn if something was a, a dark green or a yellow green color. They learned that people use stamps and they put them on little pieces of paper or they put them in round discs and that was the money they spent. Well, they couldn't believe these things. On this podcast, mm -hmm. we're all about the backstory. You know, if we told people per varieties on New Zealand number 27, we'd have one listener and he'd be collecting New Zealand number 27. Yes, that would, that would be it. And that was the whole thing. And I believe that exhibits need to be done so that they interest the yes. public, not turn them off. That I 100% agree. A young kid is going to be interested in a space collection yes. that he sees, showing the different satellites that the world has put up. He's going to care very little about C-19 airmail in all of its different shades and plate blocks, <laughs> and it was issued in sheets or imperfect. He, that's of no interest to our young generation. Yes. No, I am right on board with you with that one. Yeah. So I wanted to see real changes rather than this whole idea that this is for classics and it's for people who have wallets. Yeah. That there's unlimited. For the I'll, I'll be political. For the Donald Trumps of the world. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not even. Now, looking out on the, you know, we have the... Uh, Gordon Eubanks. Absolutely. Put his out. Yes. And 15 it, to $17 million worth of stuff. Exactly. That's right. So, I mean, one cover in there is almost $3 million, just shy of $3 million. That's right. But right behind <laughs> it is another exhibit that probably, you know, a couple thousand. And on the far corner, there's a Susan B. Anthony. Which is a beautiful exhibit. Which is gorgeous. Absolutely. But only one item in it, I'll bet you, is worth more than 50 bucks. That's right. <laughs> I mean, That's geez. right. So I used to, like last year was my last exhibit. And what I did is I showed soldiers mail from World War II in the Pacific. Stuff cool. from Guadalcanal. Oh, yeah. Okay, the capture of Saipan. Wow. Guam, Okinawa. They were soldiers' mail, and there was also mail that was trying to be sent to them. Mm -hmm. Okay, but of course, you're not going <laughs> to get it in the middle of a battlefield. Yeah. And a lot of it will then be marked by the military. 
killed in action and returned. Oh. But they make sure they don't return it until they're sure that the family has been notified. Yeah, yeah. Because what a shock it would be, you getting a return letter marked killed in action. And I did an exhibit on that. Now, none of that stuff is rare or expensive. Yeah. You can't find it, though, because most of it has been kept in people's little family chests for the history of members of the family. Absolutely, yeah. But it was extremely interesting. More people came to see me. <laughs> they found that one of the most interesting exhibits to read, what some of the families wrote. And to see, how, I even had one that had dried blood. You know, oh. All, oh. all over. Okay, but I got the last award that you're allowed to even give them the stamp collecting for it, mm. which is a bronze. Yeah. Because And the judge wrote down, very interesting, but this is not a stamp exhibit. Yeah, and that's... that's that's correct. And as a result, I have, I'm not exhibiting anymore I, because well, my job is to educate the public on things. Well, they changed those rules. About That's what a I year understand. Ago. That's what I understand. And now. a year ago, because people like me were yelling, and you know, I have a microphone. I can yell and have 17,000 people listen to mm -hmm. me. You know, I can call Linz and they'll go, oh, he's got a podcast. I think we'll listen to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, you know, if you don't put stories into this, you're just going to turn everybody off. That's right. People collect stamps because of the history. Yeah. They don't collect stamps because this stamp here, instead of perf 11, is perf 11 and a half. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's, that doesn't excite anybody. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I look for these kinds of things because my job is to educate. I've been an educator for 50, 55 years in education. And you taught sixth graders. I taught sixth graders. I taught college. I even taught Head Start. No. So I've taught every single area, but math was my big area. Oh, Ma good. Math is what I taught for my last 15 to 20 years. Oh, great. Well, thank you for your service. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it. In fact, I would like to teach right now, but I'm too old to be certified in Arizona to teach because I'm bored. <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I'm bored. I would really like to help out, and they could use some master math teachers. Yeah. So anyway. So getting back to uh, Stamps yeah. in the Attic, mm -hmm. what interesting things have walked in over the last two or three days? I've had a great revenue collection come in. A guy, unfortunately, his collection is gorgeous. It was one of the nicest that I have seen. It's mostly had to do with the wine tax stamps, cigarette oh. tax stamps, snuff, narcotics, and stuff like that. Okay, now backing up real quick. Was uh -huh. it the actual collector who came in or somebody who inherited it from This the was the collector. Oh, he built okay. this whole thing up. Unfortunately, uh, he bought most of his stamps, of which he spent several thousand dollars on this collection, from one of the dealers in the country who's the most expensive. Oh. He really makes a big profit on everything he sells. Now he needs the money. So he decided now to sell it. And none of the dealers now will pay that kind of a price what he had invested in it. He paid full retail plus. Pay full retail plus. And they need to buy at least wholesale. Wholesale. And, and for they're going to hold on to it for correct. a long time. Yeah. So it was a gorgeous piece. He was willing to even sell it for half price. Mm. But half price is about what they would sell it for now. Oh, yeah. Okay, because this stuff was so promoted in newspapers and stuff, and on TV. You know how they had some of these info commercials on? Yes. Where they're or selling. Digest. That's correct. So, unfortunately, he bought from the wrong source, but it is a gorgeous collection. One of the nicest I've ever seen in the revenue world. 
I had a, another person come in and their grandfather was really a hunter back in Minnesota. He ate hunter. So he collected all the duck and hunting stamps. Oh, okay. And it was complete. It wasn't just complete. He had every single one of the duck stamps with a plate number single. <laughs> there are what are called plate blocks. Yeah. But he collected them as plate number singles. He had all of those. Then he had every one of them on a license. Ooh. <laughs> okay? And he had some of the artist drawings and everything of it. So it was one of the nicest collections that I had seen. Unfortunately, ducks are no longer as popular as they were 25 years ago. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very they're popular. Still, they're still popular. In some places, they yes. They had so, a high time, yeah, like you said, about 20, 25 years ago. Where that's correct. Everybody loved them. That's right, whereas now they're not as popular. So he wanted, there are two duck dealers here. Well, mm -hmm. That's going to do any good. So I ran, you run into a few of those. And then I had one fellow who came here from Italy. He had just come to the United States, and he had some great European stamps with certificates and everything. The lowest one was maybe two or $3,000. Wow. Up to 15000 He had a half a dozen. So he came to me and wanted me to look at him. I looked at him. I said, wow, you have fantastic <laughs> stuff here. It's all certified. He says, well, what do you think I could get for him? Well, I am not one who's going to be telling you what you're going to get for something. I have no idea. It's supply and demand. The fact that you're in Arizona with stamps that are basically Italian or from other er Greece and stuff like that, Arizona is not the place you would bring those to sell. I says, if you really want to sell your stamps, you need to sell them on the East Coast where the dealers are and where various cultural groups that have a lot of family members that look for that stuff, or the West Coast, New Mexico and Arizona are horrible places to bring stamps like that. And I says, you might, there are two big auction dealers here who sell all over the world. Take it to them. But they're going to want to put it in an auction. They're not going to pay you out here. Right. Okay, and then of course they're going to want a percentage. So I said, you, you know, you got these things. I said, why did you bring them here, though? Europe is the place really for stamps, not the United States. Anyway. Well, I, I have a follow-up because stuff. I know what happened to that. Oh, you do? <laughs> I know the auction company that he went to, yeah. and he mm -hmm. got a very favorable agreement with them. Uh -huh. And the auction company was very happy because they actually do carry a lot of European material. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. so uh, the auction company was very happy because they could get him a very good price. Mm -hmm. And he was very happy because he negotiated down a good commission rate. Well, that's great. Yeah. Because if he gave them all, for example, as a lot, that could end up being a pretty good amount of money rather than just give them one or the two of the items. Well, the, the he lot, had about five or six. If he, he tried to me. sell it here, mm -hmm. there probably isn't anybody on the floor that could give him the price that he would try. That to get. he would be trying sure. to get it. It's just more money than anybody has in their wallet right now. <laughs> right. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Aripex is very very good for that because we had. We have two major auction houses here, 
And then we had two other ones who came and visited and walked around. That's right. So oh, okay. So they were doing the floor. Right. So okay. four. there were four auction representatives here. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. yeah. Because I knew of two of them for sure, which is Spinks. That's here. And Michael Aldrich. Right. That's here. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the other one that was walking around was... Uh, Charles with H.R. Harmer. Oh, okay. And, of course, Chris Harmer with uh, uh, Harmer Shout. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. So That's interesting. Okay. Because, see, I've been kind of stuck in here. I haven't <laughs> been able to see. I was totally amazed when I saw the winner because I used to be a judge uh -huh. back in the 70s and 80s. So oh, I absolutely. like going excellent. around and trying to pick. What would I have picked? And what I had picked for my first two for Grand, War, Grand Award... Right. Didn't even come close because the winner just totally shocked me. You know, <laughs> I was surprised because it was an I think it was an Italian. No, it was an Irish exhibit. Yes, it was. I, it was I an haven't Irish seen it yet. I, I saw the two grand awards that went out. Mm -hmm. But while I was looking, they were still putting up awards. So I okay. said, oh, I'll come back in half an hour when mm -hmm, they're done mm -hmm. putting up. Because I have a new exhibit out there. I exhibited. This is my first show for exhibiting. Oh, really? Yeah. So. This is my first year of not exhibiting. Oh, <laughs> I'm taking over. You're for taking you. my place, so they didn't lose anything. <laughs> there by you me go. Not coming in. Well, excellent. Did you? What did? How did you do? I got a Vermeer. I am oh, incredibly happy. Very nice. Very very happy. Very nice for your first time. That is excellent. Yep, the judge was very uh, nice. She mm -hmm. gave me some input on how to improve it. Sure. I thought it would be like well. It's difficult when, you know, I'm exhibiting 1850s material and then mm -hmm. Gordon Eubanks is mm -hmm. exhibiting 1850s mm -hmm. material and it's like you compare the two of them and it's yeah, like, well, a first grader and a senior. Exactly. But she said, no, you know, you've got a totally different story than him mm -hmm. and you do mm -hmm. have the ability to get a gold here and sure. I loved hearing yep. that. Yep. No, that's great. No, if you get a Vermeer. Or a vermil, depending on how you want to say it. Uh, you are on the right track for gold. Yeah. Without any problem. Providing you make different improvements or whatever is necessary. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Well, thank you very much for sharing with us. Oh, I loved it. It reminded me of some of my old radio shows. Ah, <laughs> uh, So, why don't you tell everybody who you are? Because uh, everybody should already know. I'm Ken Martin. I'm the Chief <laughs> Operating Officer for the American Philatelic Society. Great. So what did you find at the show today? Because you you were a judge today. Oh, well, or, I mean, excuse me, this weekend. Yeah, I, I haven't had much chance to look around the show. Um, <laughs> what I found was uh, um, MEPSI, the Mexican Elmhurst yep. Philatelic Society Air Nationals meeting here. And there are, I don't know, there must be seven or eight Mexico exhibits, literally, which go from pre-colonial time to about 1975 I think uh, every major series um, great opportunity I learned a lot about more than I knew previously about yes. Mexico stamps um, there are also several um, canal zone philatelic study group was also meeting here um, not quite as many more of those I think were single frame exhibits but uh, well, it doesn't have quite as long a history as yeah. as Mexico either well, I thought it was great because you had the MEPSI Society and the Canal Zone Society, and they brought their exhibits with them. Absolutely. So, you know, it's a great way to enroll people in what you collect. Yeah, that, that, that's right. I mean, overall, there were 59 competitive exhibits, which is pretty impressive. Yep. Um, and a wide variety. Some of them were modern. You have uh, an exhibit on the $2 um, inverted Jenny. Um, you don't very often see an exhibit on a stamp that 
is still available at a few <laughs> post offices. Probably not most post offices, no, but a few. They they're were out for here. Sale out here, yeah. Okay. You could buy them here. So you have that. Do you have some uh, material from the 1700s? Uh, certainly a number of exhibits on pre stamp lists. Yes. Um, so really a wide range. It would hard to be hard to be believe that you know there wouldn't be something of interest to almost everybody. So when are you going to exhibit? I have an exhibit uh, on blood donation, blood transfusion. Yeah, I've, but I've never seen it. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I, I exhibit it about once or twice a year. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I'm not taking it around to 25 shows. <laughs> I showed it in Mal at the International Show in Malaysia two or three years ago. Um, I showed it once last year. I was shown at, uh, I think it's Stepex. Uh, Elmira stamp Elmira New oh. York so you know the last two weren't at national or WSP <laughs> shows one was at a local or regional one was at an international show and um, both of them are much further than I could drive yeah um, I mean <laughs> it probably be shown somewhere at one World Series show but I'm not looking to you know see how many gold medals I can collect in fact a gold medal for my exhibit is unusual I've gotten them but normally it's going to be a uh, probably a Vermeer at a, a national level show, which yeah, it's not the most important thing to me is not the medal level. I mean, part of it is to uh, encourage people to donate blood to understand some of the history. You know, it's been used in formats other than stamp exhibitions as well, just oh, as an educational excellent. exhibit. It, it was, it's good enough to get me the national level Vermeer so I could qualify to be a judge. Um, I don't have to worry about competing for a grand award at a show, though. Was this the first time you judged? Uh, no, I've judged. Didn't think um, so, yeah. I was accredited in 2002. Oh, congratulations. So I've probably judged at 50 shows, yeah, maybe, yeah. something like that. This is, in fact, I was two weeks ago, I was a judge at Sarasota. Um, next one I'm judging is Rochester in, I think it's May, and then I believe Omaha, September, I think. Um, so I've actually been invited to judge at nine shows this year. I've turned four is the most that I will consider, so I've turned five shows <laughs> down. And I think two shows have already asked me for next year. So if well, somebody's in, if somebody's an exhibitor or interested in judging, the APS can use more judges. Great. Why don't you talk about Reno? Reno is uh, upcoming two weeks from now, or slightly less than two weeks from now. It's the APS winter or spring show. Um, we have about 40 dealers, um, about 300 frames of exhibits. Um, it'll have, uh, there's an APS board meeting the day before the show starts. There's an APS general meeting uh, where we'll recognize 25 and 50 year members. Uh, of, of seminars and, and meetings of societies. Um, so uh, it's a new, well, it's a new location in recent times. I think the APS did have a, a meeting there 40 or 50 years ago before we were really running our own shows. Yep. Um, I saw the souvenir sheets from it. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I can't remember what year. I don't know what year off the top of my head. But um, it, sh it should be a good show. Um, we're, and we have some special things. We'll have, uh, um, there is a U.S. first day ceremony for a stamped envelope there. Oh, um, there I love the ceremonies. Yep, there's also uh, um, a personalized stamp, basically, that's a customized one that's being issued for, with the National Association of Letter Carriers um, for Stamp Out Hunger. 
Um, oh, okay. In fact, um, there'll be some bins at the show for any showgoers who want to bring a, a, a can of, of, of food for the local food bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, APS is actually making a $1,000 donation to the, um, I think it's the Northern Nevada Food Bank, um, who's partnering with the National Association of Letter Carriers, who's longed work. And um, the was it family, Bill Keen, I believe, who's a, a comic artist, family, something like that. He will actually be at the show. He designed the um, customized stamp. Oh, is he going to like do a stand up or anything there? Is he going to, because if you add him in a lecture and just like let him loose. I'm not aware in a lecture. I think he'll participate in the first day ceremony for that customized stamp. I think he'll be signing autographs and so forth. I'm not aware of him. You know, doing a comic routine or anything. Yeah, but he he has enough of a name where you know when yes. you talk about famous stamp collectors, mm-hmm. he's a he would be a famous yeah, stamp collector. He, he does have a, a, a good name, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So why don't you tell him where it's at, what time, what days? It's, it's because a lot of our listeners are in the West Coast. Absolutely, and they will show up. It's. Uh, Two weeks from today, and I should look at a count. I should know this off the top of my head, but uh, <laughs> you're going to be there, right? Yes, I will be there. It's okay. March third to fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at the um, basically the Reno Convention Center, which is a uh, connected to the Atlantis Hotel Resort. Um, it runs Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That'd be the third, fourth, fifth. Um, it's ten to six on the Friday and Saturday. It's ten to four on the Sunday. It's free admission. Um, and it even most of your viewers or listeners, I guess I should say, <laughs> um, are already stamp collectors. But another thing that's offered is the is of what's in your attic yep. um, or stamps in your attic, where we'll have free um, reviews of stamp collections for for people who may have inherited something or are looking to sell it. Yes, absolutely. I as soon as Bill gets here, I'm going to talk to him about that service that the APS. That'll provides. be great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to? Uh, nope, we would love other to than see. Tell us. everybody to join the APS. Yeah, absolutely. Or find visit our website at stamps.org. Um, there's a lot that's available free, even if you aren't an APS member. Although we want you to be an APS member. I mean, individuals looking for stamp dealers in their area or looking to buy stamps via our online stamp store or information on U.S. new issues. Those are some of the most visited things on the site but there's a a lot of information over a thousand different pages on the on the website you know you brought up something that uh could be a very good interest to people tell them a little bit about your circuit books tell them how it works because i remember and you know this was years and years and years decades ago Mm -hmm. and i always thought oh i can't get these or it's going to be so expensive or i have this big hassle that i have to bring it to the post office I found out that wasn't the case. Well, there, we have we have two major options for, for members to buy and sell stamps. One is the stamp store, which is online listing. There's over 300,000 items, um, typically from a few dollars to a few hundred dollars. There are a couple items in the thousands, but that's the minority. Um, and those, everything is pictured. Anybody can go on, see. It's a first come, first serve. It's not an auction. It's a net price. and. You can put them in a uh, in the cart or on a wish list, but somebody else can buy them out from underneath you if you just leave them sitting in your cart or in your wish list. Oh, okay. But uh, you know, and the orders are fulfilled the next business day. Um, 
So a lot of people use that. And then we still do have what are the traditional circuit books. Um, they're, you know, like you, sort of like approvals. Um, they're, they're mounted in books from 8 to 16 pages. Um, the owner, you know, puts the catalog number down, the catalog value, and the price they want. Um, we have them grouped into about 165 different categories. Many are single country, but larger countries, you know, there's a Great Britain um, pre-1900 circuit or a Great Britain Mint. You, United States, there's about 35 different categories because something like postage dues or, or pre-cancels, they have their own circuits. So members can, and the circuits are only available that you have to be an APS member to, use, to buy or sell through the circuits. The internet stamp store, anybody can buy. Um, we send them out, you can look at them, take the items that you want, and basically you send them on to another member. We provide an address label for the following member for you to mail them on. So it is gonna cost you um, typically five or six dollars, probably closer to six dollars to send them on to the next person. But you get to see like 20 books worth yeah, of stamps. Yeah, normally it's closer to 10 probably, oh, okay. that's right. Uh, absolutely. Um, that, that's the standard. We also have um, clearance circuits, which are books that circulated for a period, typically 18 months, and then anything that's left, the member can say, okay, just sell it all or nothing at half the original prices. Whoa. So the, the, the circuit books initially, on average, are priced at about a third of Scott Catalog. So if you know there was $200 in the book and there's $50 that was unsold, um, that $50 would now be $25 and would probably be closer to between 15 and 20% Mm -hmm. typically yep. of the catalog value. I've seen them as low as 5% or 10%. That's unusual. But, I, I uh, used to do sales books all the time. Mm -hmm. I would sell, but then I was a member of a stamp club. Mm -hmm. And the stamp club would get the circuit, so yep. I'd buy at the stamp club, mm -hmm. and then I'd sell by sending them directly. And mm -hmm. honestly, it's very fun putting to them together. Right. It gets you some extra money so that you can buy more stamps, get rid Abs of your duplicates. Absolutely, I mean, even things like current U.S. commemoratives, um, those, a lot of people don't get enough mail to get all the current oh, yeah. U.S. commemoratives. Um, some people will do books with those at 20 cents each. And they will actually sell. Um, so yeah, there's, and you're right, um, a number of our chapters, APS has almost 500 chapters, which are clubs around the country, you know, San Jose Stamp Club, Mesa Stamp Club, anywhere in the country. And they can receive a, a circuit e up to each month if they want. And many of them will use that for a program. Yeah. <clears throat> well, great. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Any last words? Uh, keep in stamp collecting and keep enjoying the hobby and uh, please consider APS membership at stamps.org. No, I don't consider it. Just join. That's even better. <laughs> I'm here in the youth area with two very lovely ladies. Could you please introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about the children's area? My name is Marcia Condit and I'm the youth coordinator for the Arapex Stamp Show in Mesa, Arizona. I run the Youth Center at the Arapex Show. I'm Sue Sisson. I come down from Sholo to help Marsha run the, the Arapex Show for the children here at the Arapex Stamp Show. Can you tell us a little bit about the youth area and some of the projects you have for the kids? The, one of the first things that we have as they come in the room is a geo safari game. It's an electronic 
beginning version from the 1970s of the what they have now called computers in their classrooms. It has a special board that fits on the what would be the screen. There's a way to import information into it to tell how many people are playing the game, how many minutes they get to play. There's a list of questions and on the board there's a, pictures of stamps and they have to match up the stamps with a question. When they get the answer right it gives them a beep beep signal and if they get it wrong it goes bap and they get three tries to complete the, the, the question and then it gives them the correct answer. So it's a self-correcting activity. Another activity that we have today we had a first day ceremony for the new top hat, the Uncle Sam's hat, and it's an activity where they have red, white, and blue stamps. They decorate the stamps, the hat with the stamps, and then they draw a face underneath the hat. And it's, we haven't had anybody here yet since the ceremony, but this afternoon and tomorrow we'll have more kids coming in to do it. We have two DVDs for the children to watch. The children can sit on the floor on special rugs. We have a DVD of Oni, the railway dog, who rode the trains in the 1890s, and he loved to lay on top of the mailbags. We have a, a DVD of Oni, and we have worksheets and information and books about Oni, the railway dog. We also have a DVD about the um, supai mail, the mail that was delivered to the bottom, that is delivered to the bottom of the Grand Canyon by mule. And we have a movie of that for the children to watch, and we have books that give additional information about the mule mail down to the Supai Reservation in the Grand Canyon. We have also books and uh, literature about the camel mail delivery system. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I want to hear about that. That is fascinating. It actually was an expedition that was underway. It's an army expedition. An army. army mail mm -hmm. from New, the New Mexico and farther east crew over to the California coast. Mm -hmm. wow. And they start, had one in northern Arizona and then they had one in southern Arizona. And when they they tried it as an experiment. It sort of worked, but not really the way they wanted to. Then the, te the uh, telegraph came in, and so they disbanded, but they left the camels running around. They lived for several years, and now they don't have the camels anymore. Oh, wow, but that's if, if amazing. You, if you go to Quartzsite, they do have a museum mm -hmm. that talks about the camel mail and about Hijali, who was the Arab who was doing it, and it was um, Captain Beal or Colonel Beal, who was the, the head of the the group that the mail, the army group that was t using the mail. But it's, Quartzite has a really neat information in it, and a, a stone pyramid and a picture and a thing on the camel. Oh, wow, that's great. What an interesting story. Another activity that we have for the children, which is very delightful, is a rug on the floor, a map of the United States of America. And um, the rug is on loan to us from the Postal History Foundation. And there's a box of uh, stamps that are uh, affixed with Velcro on the back. And the children can sit down, find the state stamp, and find where it is on the rug and put it on the rug. We have several of them put in place just to show the children how to do this little activity. On another table, 
we have a wonderful stamp treasure chest. This treasure chest is full of loose stamps of every type of topical material. The children can look through the treasure chest and pull out a stamp and affix it to the worksheets. We have two or three different kinds of worksheets on the table that one would require a bird stamp, one would require a flower, a person, uh, things like that. The children pick the stamp out of the treasure chest and affix it to the page, thereby making themselves a nice story using stamps in the story. We, we have another table that we have here in the children's area is free things for the kids. There are albums there, there are books that talk about different stamp stories, why the stamp was issued, how it was issued, the things, information that went with it. We have free um, sheets that have lots of varieties of stamps on them. Some are topical, some are more historical. Um, we have covers that are available for the kids. We have some books uh, that talk about stamp collecting and, and how to collect and how to, to take care of your stamps. And we have, it's called Stamper Magazines, and they were little informational packets that came out when they did the Centuries, which is in the, the from 2000 to 2010. Celebrate the Century. Celebrate the Century thing, packets. And they have stories in them, and there were stamps that went with each with each 10-year thing. And there were the, there's lots of information and fun pictures and stuff to go with those and we have lots of free packets of stamps on that that back table we also have a, a large um, tub of stamps that the students can look in and these stamps are on paper but they're fun for the children to pick through and they can put in an envelope any stamps that they would like to keep these are free stamps for the children yeah, oh yeah. Today we are delighted to have a small group of Boy Scouts doing a merit badge class in our area today. Um, Lee Shedroff is the instructor for them. There are four Boy Scouts and they are learning the merit badge. They're studying to get their merit badge on stamp collecting today. We also have uh, materials from a school exhibit and I'll have Sue tell you about that. Okay, I work in a in a charter school, Sequoia Village up in Sholo. I go there at least twice a month, sometimes three times a month on Fridays. I work with kindergartens through fourth grade. We do history, geography, math, science, art, and music as learning units. They're given stamps that go with this, whatever the subject is that we're talking about that week, and they create their own stamp album. Um, this is something that the kids at the school really seemed to like. I was going to stop doing it and the teachers and the principal and the kids came and begged me to continue it for a couple more years. So I've gone back to that. I have stopped for almost a year. Um, but we have those on display so that teachers coming in and parents, homeschool parents coming in, can see how to do units using the, the stamps to teach the, the different subjects that they would have at school. And if it's a concrete subject, we have stamps on it. If it's something they teach in the school, 
we have stamps through the Postal History Foundation to teach that unit and we can make up units. Uh, we can give suggestions and the, the things from the Postal History Foundation are free to teachers and to homeschool units, to libraries and to other youth organizations such as scouting and, and uh, campfire. We also have several jigsaw puzzles that are stamp related and we often, we, most of the time, we have one or two of them out for the children to sit down and put the puzzle together. That's wonderful, ladies. Now, if anyone um, wanted to help out, say volunteer, or if they wanted to um, donate, how can they um, contact you? Because we have a worldwide audience. Well, they can contact um, Kevin Lesk, who's the chairman of the Arapex Stamp Show. Uh -huh. uh, and also, I'm one of the officers of the Mesa Stamp Club in Mesa, Arizona. Uh -huh. And they can contact the Mesa Stamp Club. Uh, we have a website for the Mesa Stamp Club, mesastampclub.org. And that has a lot of information about our club on the website. That's wonderful. Well, thank you both for joining us. Oh, you have one more thing. Um, if they want to contact and make stamp donations mm -hmm. or get further information on school units and things, the Postal History Foundation down in Tucson, Arizona, and it's at... Uh, info at phftucson.org. Yes. And, and they have... They, the things that you get from the Postal History Foundation are free to teachers and Lisa is the youth coordinator for the youth education program. That's great. Thank you both so much for being with us. Well, it was our pleasure to talk yes. to, the, thank, to thank you, you about uh, stamp collecting and the children. We want to keep them interested in the hobby. Absolutely. We absolutely do. Thank you again. You're thank very you. welcome. Thank you for joining us for episode 113. Continue the conversation to Stamp Show here today on Facebook. You can ask us questions, see pictures of stamps, make comments, and add to the conversation on Facebook. You can also ask the experts your stamp questions at bluepaper at gradingmatters.com. You can listen to all of our past podcasts at stampshowheretoday.com, podbean.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, keep collecting. Had a quarrel